Hi, my name is Darren Joseph from HEG.tax, and here's a clip from a live Q&A session we did on tax and investment for U.S. exposed persons at the American Chamber of Commerce. This was on September 4, 2023, and we did this together with John Shoemaker. He's a partner at a U.S. tax law firm called Butler Snow in Singapore and with Paul DeVierno, the strategist and fund manager at UBKN. Enjoy. If I want to surrender my US citizenship to take up Singapore citizenship, but I am a covered expat and therefore subject to the exit tax, can I just gift all my assets to my either my US spouse, yeah, to my US spouse to avoid this exit tax? Yeah. Yeah, so let me take just a minute and explain the context of the question so that everybody understands. Um, when uh, a citizen or certain green card holders, if you're a long-term resident, meaning you've held a green card for basically more than eight years, you're going to be covered under this regime as well. When, when that person gets out of the U.S. tax system, there's a three-prong test to determine whether they're going to be subject to the exit tax or be what we call a covered expatriate. First test is a net worth test, a net worth of more than $2 million. The second test is an average annual tax liability test. It's adjusted for inflation, but it's usually, this year it's a little over $168,000 annual, meaning look at the last five years, average what you paid to the IRS, and is that more than $168,000? And then the last one is a compliance test. You have to be able to certify that you were fully compliant with your tax filing obligations and payments for the five years prior to you getting out of the system. If you can't meet any of those three, meaning you have a net worth more than two, an average annual tax liability higher than the threshold, or you were not compliant, then you're gonna be triggering an exit tax and one other downside I'll mention in a second. The exit tax is a deemed liquidation of your worldwide assets. You don't have to actually sell anything, although you might to get liquidity to pay, make a payment if you end up owing, but it's as if you sold all your assets worldwide and you owe capital gains tax on any spread. Now, you may have very little capital gain. You may own $4 million worth of assets that's worth $4.5 million. So you've got $500,000 of gain exposure. On the other hand, you might, owe, uh, you might own $5 million of assets, and your basis in those assets is only $1 million because it's primarily a home or something similar. So the exit tax is really about, is there a capital gain exposure? The very generous exclusion amount on that as well, a little over $700,000 USD. The other downside, though, in addition to the exit tax, is for the rest of a covered expatriate's life, any gifts which they make to U.S. person recipients, the gift tax is reversed. The way the gift tax normally works in the U.S., it's the person who makes the gift who owes it. With a covered expatriate, any transfers they make, gifts during their lifetime or their estate when they pass, the recipient U.S. person owes a 40% gift tax. So in this instance, gifting can be a planning tool before you expatriate to get below a threshold. Okay, so if, you, if you're at 2.5 million net worth, you could give away $501,000 or $500,001 and get below the threshold. The key is it has to be a genuine gift, meaning you have to relinquish dominion and control of it. If it's just a circular path, I park it with a non-U.S. spouse, or I park it with a non-U.S. family member, I expatriate, and then two months later they put it back in my account. It's not a gift, didn't get you below the threshold, 
if you filed the Form 8854 and said I was below the threshold, you perjured yourself and you're creating all kinds of problems. So the simple answer is yes, a gift can work. The hard answer is most people when they come in and ask me, can I make this gift? They're not really talking about a gift. They're talking about a nominee relationship and that doesn't, that doesn't work. And just to, to add to that and just get some clarity. So does the IRS look at recently filed gift returns? On someone who's appreciated. Yeah, so they, the IRS announced two years ago, two, three years ago, they announced a special program where they're going to look at the final returns of expatriating citizens and green card holders. When you leave in your final tax return, you file a special form, Form 8854, that deals with the expatriation and it lists assets, and then there's gift returns that would have been filed previously to use up your lifetime exemption, et cetera, et cetera. So the IRS has indicated that they have a program to particularly look at this. Now, when I mention this in meetings, the very next question I always get is, ah, oh, but what if I didn't file a gift tax return? How do they know I did? How do they know that I, I made a gift or a transfer? Well, you're gonna file the 8854 and show your net worth, and so it's gonna get caught there if you didn't file a gift tax return, but then again, you might just reduce your net worth and, and not report that you did the gift. A double whammy of bad ideas. But the number one thing to remember in this day and age is whistleblower awards are incredibly lucrative. Bradley Birkenfeld was an American wealth planner with UBS back in 2008. He got disgruntled with the bonus that he got thought it was supposed to be a lot higher than he got. And so he ran across the ocean to the IRS and said, hey, I know a whole bunch of Americans are hiding money with UBS. He got $112 million tax-free for blowing the whistle on uh, UBS. Now, he had spent 22 months in federal prison. And if you ever get a bunch of tax attorneys together and we drink, these are the nerdy conversations we have. Would I go to federal prison for 22 months for $118 million tax-free? Hell yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say yes. So you are only as safe as the lowest paid person who has any transparency on your financial dealings because it is very lucrative to go to the IRS or any tax authority worldwide and say, I'm aware that there were financial irregularities happening. I live on Sentosa. Everyone who's looked at the paper the last two months have seen that there were situations where individuals who were coming in from outside of Singapore using banking things and not filing forms correctly. And as I understand it, there were people in the community that were reporting that to the government tax authority, let them know, hey, this might not be what this person is filing. So whistleblowers, I think, are the last Thing you always need to keep in mind it's never a good idea to think you're going to be the one who gets away with something just file the form correctly almost any client that's ever come to me with a mess to clean up if you look backwards and say why didn't you just wouldn't you just file this form and pay five grand for not this headache of an audit or an examination or rejection and they all are like yes i just didn't know i didn't realize and so anytime you're tempted to cut a corner don't do it it's not worth it can I, on that note, just to remind you all, like, I was dealing with someone who's going through a messy divorce in multiple jurisdictions. And part of the reason it's messy is the father had done, who, you know, who's deceased and had left him stuff, 
had done all these dodgy things okay. to reduce tax. So the angry spouse was demanding all kinds of uh, reports from tax authorities, uh, and not tax authority, tax exports, what the liability is, guarantees, you'll protect me against any liability because of all this stuff. And basically, one, you know, the first thing was, was like, who gave your father the idea to do this? And the answer was, oh, this accountant, uh -oh. right? And it was an Australian accountant, and they all do this. But when he was speaking to the tax attorney that his divorce lawyer recommended, and his divorce lawyer, they basically said, no one does this, this is illegal, you know, you can't do this. And what's also fascinating was that the amount of tax it actually, which, yeah, you know, you don't want to do a Singapore stereotype, but, you know, they wanted to get the special deal. The amount of tax this guy actually saved for the father, zero. There was no tax savings, but in the divorce, this wound up costing this guy $60,000, $70,000 to sort of undo the stock, right? So the moral of the story is just don't go, like, if, you're getting, if you think you're in something complicated and your tax advisor does not sound like John and Darren when they talk, he sounds like someone who has all these great ideas, run for the hill. <laughs> so if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.